Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good morning, everyone. This is Real Presence Live. I'm Michael Goldsmith. Uh, Father Will Thompson will not be with us today. He has other duties that he has to do in his church with some funerals. We have Randall, uh, Father Randall Kazel coming to us for straight talk around 9.30, so we'll welcome him when he comes. But let's start in, with a prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, you are most gracious. We turn to you for all that we need in these distressing times when we see everything around us changing in the way that we don't want it to be changing we need you more than ever lord come into our hearts as this pentecost comes upon us rush us with your holy spirit rebuild the gifts in us bring those that need the gifts to true and truth in you jesus christ we pray in your name amen in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit well, welcome everyone. Like I said, I'm Michael Goldsmith. We're at St. James Coffee, live here in Rochester, Minnesota. If you have some time, stop on down and have a cup of coffee. It's a beautiful day out. We had a really bad storm last night, but we are now bright and sunny outside. Uh, so we'll look forward to anybody that's uh, in the area to stop on by and say hi and have a cup of coffee down here at St. James. It's a beautiful, beautiful day to, to to just have some conversation and coffee, so stop on down. Um, as I said, Father Thompson is not be able to be with us today, and he has uh, some sacramental duties to do in his church. We thank the priests that come on to Real Presence Live and, and help us out, but their first duty is the church, their flocks that they have in their parishes, and of course he has some funerals that he has to do. Uh, so. Uh, for those families that he is uh, helping today and, and those things that he is doing, we, we ask for his eternal uh, rest grant unto them and your perpetual light shine upon them. And may their souls rest in peace, we pray. And we're going to be going here to our first uh, interview, and that's about sacramentals. And, and they are a beautiful gift to the church, but sometimes people may think there is a superstition attached to them. Can we become too superstitious with them? Well, we're going to talk with Father Grant Gerlach of the Diocese of Rapid City of the beauty of these gifts. And so, Father, are you there? I am. I can hear you now. <laughs> Hello, Father. Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? I can now. How are you today? Okay. Is that a little better? All right. Well, great to have you with us, Father. Uh, it's a beautiful day. I hope it's beautiful over there in Rapid City. Um, could you kind of talk to us a little about sacramentals and their significance and, you know, kind of tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Certainly. Um, this was something that I had to kind of brush up with myself because uh, it's a word that uh, isn't uh, a lot of the time used very often mm -hmm. um, in my bronze. Um, but um, so I, I looking at the catechism, um, I was kind of just... Um, um, 
what I was reading was uh, a lot of the uh, of the of all the sacramentals blessings kind of have uh, the first kind of right of place among sacramentals, and so it was a little um, interesting that uh, it was a kind of a, an action uh, that was has the kind of first place among sacramentals instead of like what we would normally think uh, of objects and things of that nature. So. That was a little interesting for me. The yeah. other interesting thing was that it was placed in the context of the catechism uh, that talked about the celebration of the Christian mystery, which is where we find our liturgical life, our, sacra- our sacramental celebrations. And uh, all of those are response to the first part of the catechism, which is this, uh, this content of faith. And so the second thing where the sacramentals are found are found in the second uh, part of the catechism, which is our response and our celebration of faith. And so sacramentals are really given to us uh, to augment, to increase, to um, to strengthen uh, this divine grace of faith, which is our response to God working in our lives. And so with a sacramental, um, there is a, a way that the Church has given the people of God uh, outside of the liturgical celebrations and outside of the sacramental celebrations of the Church, uh, to exercise this particular gift of faith in these particular ways. Uh, and like I said, one of the first, um, one of the first things that has uh, a placement is uh, blessings, mm-hmm. which for me again was uh, a surprising thing a little bit when I was uh, just kind of brushing up and touching base you know, on these things. So. Um, the beauty of these is really meant to kind of foster um, in, uh, an increase and strengthening of our of our gift of baptismal faith, uh, and so it helps us to exercise that sacramental, as an adjective, sacramental grace that we're given in baptism, which mm-hmm. is this gift of faith. And all of these sacramentals are meant to lead us. Um, back into these liturgical and sacramental celebrations, right? Right. Um, they, can so kind they have a connection and uh, and a context to them, so that's uh, kind of a good way to I mean, kind of a good foundational way to kind of understand them. Yeah, if you just joined us, we're talking with Father Grant Gerlach of the Diocese of Rapid City on sacramentals. You know. You know, when we're talking about this, Father, you know, exactly what are some of, you know, there's various forms, right? So what mm-hmm. are some What are some of the, so people kind of understand, you know, what they are exactly? Right, right. Uh, like, like I was saying before, there's um, the blessings uh, that occur with either persons or meals or objects or places, uh, all these kind of various forms of Christian living. Um, one of the most, maybe one of the most common ones is holy water, right. um, something that is blessed, given a particular blessing, um, so that it not only reminds us of our baptism, but we also are able to, in a particular way, exercise our baptismal grace by being not only reminded of it, um, but allowing that grace uh, to kind of um, be exercised, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we use that, whether we're making this on a cross with holy water, whether we're uh, sprinkling uh, a person or an object with holy water ourselves, uh, that, um, that is tapping into the mystery of who we are called to be as a priestly people, right? We are bestowing a blessing upon this blessed object of water, holy water, so that um, 
not only can uh, things uh, receive this particular sacramental, the blessing of the sacramental or the the um, effect of the sacramental, um, but it's also meant to, again to draw us back into the grace of the sacrament and the celebration right. of the liturgical grace of the church. Um, lots of other things. Uh, just looking at the, uh, the catechism again, what they kind of propose: uh, veneration of relics, sanctuaries, visits to sanctuaries, pilgrimages, processions, stations of the cross, religious dances, rosary, medals, holy medals. Right. I think a lot of you people look at look at that, you know, with uh, like objects. But there's other there's other things like you said, pilgrimage, actually putting yourself into and becoming kind of in that sacramental, right? I mean, when I, when you go on a pilgrimage, you're you, you're you're placing yourself in that in that presence, right? Right. Um, and in some ways, um, when we think about pilgrimages, what I like to think about uh, as a fundamental pilgrimage is our pilgrimage uh, celebrate the Eucharist every Sunday. We when we go from our home. Uh, to the church building uh, to celebrate uh, the Eucharistic uh, mystery. Mm-hmm. That is a type of a pilgrimage. We don't necessarily think about it that way, but we are pilgrim people on the way to celebrate this heavenly divine liturgy mm-hmm. and uh, we go from wherever we are in the world to this particular place, and that's a pilgrimage. And that's kind of um, a good um, summary of uh, the Christian life. Right. We're a pilgrim people. And so just that small act of going from the home uh, to the church building on Sunday is kind of like a mini pilgrimage, but we might not necessarily think about it that way because it has, maybe a pilgrimage has to be a, a grander thing, right? Right, You have to go yeah. somewhere out of our home or something like that. Got to right? get to that mountaintop, um, right? <laughs> right, right. But it's still, it's still in, a, in a way, a kind of a type of a mini pilgrimage that, again, speaks to what the, the life and the action of the church is um, order towards, which right. is helping go from this place uh, to the place of heavenly um, blessing and dwelling. Yeah. Can can we, um, you know, when you get back into that, Father, is is there ways that we can have too much of that good thing? I mean, is that true of a sacramental? Um, it's not It's not so much um, the, um, the quantity, the number of times, basically. Right. Okay. Uh, that is necessarily something to focus on, but it is the quality in which those things are um, assisting us in growing it, the quality of our faith, so that our faith becomes more fruitful. If our faith becomes more fruitful, and we have confidence in the Lord, humble confidence in the Lord, um, then it's just a virtuous exercise Mm -hmm. of a sacramental, right? Not too much, not too little, Um, but it's that virtuous exercise that allows us not only to kind of repeat or, you know, the number of times, right, too much of a thing, right? right. But it's our, it's our understanding that this is helping me to grow in the quality of my faith so that the faith that has been given to me, um, again, is nurtured, is sustained, grows, uh, becomes stronger, um, becomes more virtuous. Right. Well, we're talking with Father Grant Gerlach of the Diocese of Rapid City. I'm Michael Goldsmith here in beautiful Rochester, Minnesota at St. James Coffee. And, and Father, it's just great to be with you and, and, and talking about this. I know when we were, when we were setting this up, I, it talked you know, a little bit about becoming superstitious with these. Um, can, can you kind of go into that? And if, you know, in what ways? Kind of where does that tie into that? Sure, sure. 
Um, <clears throat> so just for an example, I have uh, I try to keep on my person in my left pocket three three uh, sacramentals, uh, a rosary, uh, an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, or just an image of Our Lady, any type of have is there Lady of Guadalupe, and I have three holy medals uh, that are of the saints of the three parishes that I'm uh, the pastor of. And I don't necessarily uh, think that these things in my pocket um, carry like a uh, kind of a magical kind of reality to them. They're there so that if there's a call to pray of the rosary to exercise faith again, right? if there's a call to um, be reminded of our, um, our ladies and my ladies, uh, intercession and love for me, right? there's metal there to kind of remind me of that. Yep. And I always keep my three parishes uh, in a particular way uh, in the pocket with these three holy medals uh, so that I can ask for the intercession of those saints to pray for the people of those parishes. Mm-hmm. And like, um, it's not like I'm carrying around these because they give me a certain type of power or a certain type of protection or a certain type of um, kind of a magical understanding right. of just having something in my pocket. These are in my pocket so that they can remind me to exercise that gift and grace of faith. And it's this understanding that the Lord is working in some way, calling me to this mystery of prayer in some way and sometimes, and these are there to kind of remind me of that and to assist in that response in a particular way so that I can just, again, grow the gift of faith, not because I'm superstitious of that if I don't have them in there, Right, something, something, I won't be uh, protected, or I won't have the power, or anything like that. Right. Yeah, because that can kind of—I mean—you can really get into that if, you, and and we don't want that because I mean our our focus is always Jesus Christ, right? And right. with and with having like the medals and stuff with with saints and that kind of thing, we're really calling on their intercession. It's really not calling mm-hmm. on their 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 particular that they can help us in in like a physical kind of way because they're they're just bringing that prayer closer to Jesus Christ right i mean that's what that's what the intercession is all about is that right father right and again in a in a profession of faith we profess this every sunday um, as christian people we believe in the communion of saints mhm right? with people who have um, gone before us marked the sign and now who are able to exercise not only faith with great charity for us, with perfection in heaven, and so they are good answers for us, mm-hmm. and these sacramentals are there to help us to remind us that we do uh, have our brothers and sisters in heaven um, interceding for us with perfect charity, and right. so we can call upon them with great confidence, great confidence just means with faith, and to, to ask for their, their intercession, their hope, right? um, and so, it's, again, it's an exercise of faith. Right. This, is, this is a response to what the Lord has revealed to us, that we have our brothers and sisters in heaven completely in union with God, and they exercise charity perfectly. And so when we call upon them, um, we are able to um, entrust ourselves uh, to their intercession, that they might intercede before the Lord and ask from the Lord uh, for all these things uh, that an understanding of we're not coming only upon the thing, only upon the thing to pray for us, to intercede for us. Right. 
ask the Lord for for our um, our spiritual good, our spiritual benefit in some particular way. That's why we think um, we're going undergoing an diocese right now. Another uh, sacramental, <clears throat> which is a, a blessing, a prayer, and it's uh, a novena to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, the the novena is meant to be an exercise of our faith, a response to God that He desires for us to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit in a more fruitful way. Uh, so, in a sense, kind of uh, maturing our confirmational grace, we have not yet received confirmation to prepare to prepare us to receive it receive it when we do right. uh, and it's not just well I say prayers over nine days and something magical happens yep. uh, I pray this prayer so that in faith I can disclose myself even what it is the Lord wants me wants me to receive and what the Lord wants to give me which is this gift of the Spirit himself that's that's beautiful, Father. Well, we're we're running close uh, to the end here. Um, yep. We have we have about thirty seconds. Do you want anything else that you want to really quickly share with with the uh, with our listeners? Uh, that was uh, it, it. Really helped me when you gave me the questions. That really helped yep. me. Yep. Okay. Right. Well, do you want to say a quick you want to say a quick prayer or blessing, Father, for us? Sure. Yeah. Um, Heavenly Father, we call upon your Holy Spirit as we pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faith, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, O Lord, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the peace of the earth. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much, Father, for being with us this morning. We look forward to having you come back. Uh, coming up next, Father Randall Cazel is ready for your questions on the faith. We're we're waiting for him to come into St. James here. He graciously said that he'd help fill in today with uh, Father Will being gone. Uh, so get ready for straight talk. And later, Pentecost is right around the corner. And how shall we celebrate? Coming up right here on Real Presence Live, we're going to be talking about that shortly. So we'll be right back. Stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. You know, just to jump on that comment, too, of just having those responses of being able to defend the faith, you know, no matter who we talk to. I mean, there's so many people that just aren't really familiar with the church teaching. So to be able to clarify that and to be kind of the light of Christ in the world, to bring that actual truth, the the beauty, to actually bring that to people, I think has just made, you know, it's a different changer for both of us. 
And I think, um, as you talked about, just knowing the truth of the church. So even if you know what the church teaches, can you really make that argument and support it can every day? It? Right, day in and day out. And that's been a big thing for me is having this resource that you can sit and listen and learn so much. A big thing for me was even as a healthcare provider, knowing what abortion is and how it works, listening on Real Presence Radio one day to somebody, a healthcare provider actually talking through step by step, what that goes through was just a, a game changer for me. And as far as being able to vocalize that to other people so that they really understand what abortion is mm-hmm. and why the church teaches what they teach. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Michael Goldsmith. Father Randall Kazel will be joining us just a minute here. What a beautiful day. Uh, I just love sunshine, and and it's just a, you know, the creation of God is just great. But, uh, you know, we're here at St. James Coffee. we got some people coming in. Uh, it's just a beautiful day to be here. I just love creation and the way that God shows us. Even through the storm last night, we had a, a really powerful storm come through, but it was, uh, you know, few things that happened but nothing serious so that's a good thing we also get father on his way here hi father hey good morning mike how are you very good nice good. to be with you here it's good to see you thanks for uh jumping in with us that's that's You're super welcome. right you I'll know father you know we we know that you priests have uh have a lot of things going on in your parishes so you know that happens sometimes when you have to have to move things around uh, we don't know when people are going to pass away and you right. have to schedule things and be with the family and that's the most important but that's what you're yeah. that's what you guys do i mean that's the sacrament so that's your first priority so that's right you know so, so thanks for jumping in with us this welcome. morning so um fortunate that i had uh, not a bit heavy schedule here this morning yeah well i guess <laughs> i would have had to do it myself but you know whatever it's it's yeah. always great to talk with you so yeah. I, i'm so happy that you're here so anything on your heart right now uh, we'll start with a prayer, though, when we get going, right? Yeah, go, we did already, but I w- would love for you to say one. Go ahead. Uh, let us pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful, and kindle them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy Spirit, and they shall be created, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we're just, we were talking about sacramentals uh, in the beginning with Father Grant Gerlach of Rapid City, and he was talking about, uh, you know, sacramentals being that they're supposed to draw us more into our beauty of of the sacraments right they're supposed to draw us more into uh, our love for Jesus Christ and uh, how that kind of you know we can sometimes maybe get misdirected on you know what those things are for but there's a variety of different things that sacramentals are you know uh, with medals rosaries artwork uh, and then he brought in some things that I didn't even think about, you know, like pilgrimages. Mm-hmm. Actually, going to mass is a is a sacramental in, in a pilgrimage. In a way, he said, you know, it, we are called to do it. Of course, it's it's our obligation mm-hmm. on Sundays. But any thoughts on that from you? 
Yeah, the sacramentals are part of the establishment of the reign of Jesus in the world. They're usually items, religious items, Mm -hmm. or items that are separated for the purposes of glorifying God and helping the soul to think of God, to contemplate God, to remember God's imminent presence always with us. So sacramentals aid in the establishment of our Lord's kingdom within our souls and then also in the outer world. We think of some metals or some items such as salt or water. We do an exorcism prayer. We claim that material, uh, that matter, for the sake of our Lord's kingdom and then bless that matter, whatever right. particular object may be. And he talked the, about that, yeah. For the sake of Christ's kingdom. Uh, and then furthermore, it, it does by, it helps to, those blessed items help dispose the, the mind and heart to contemplate, to glorify God, and to be more and more free. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most interesting sacramentals that I've read about is actually Gregorian chant, mm. uh, sacred music. Uh, has a quality of disposing the mind and heart unlike any other music uh, that's out in our world. Uh, So it it has a way of uh, being fostered over the course of centuries, and it's proven the test of time began to be understood uh, implicitly that that there was a quality to it that was much different than any other form of music. So when I was reading that and contemplating that, and I realized the source of the attractiveness of chant, uh, it has that quality of the kingdom of our Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, I think about maybe three, four weeks ago we had, and I can't remember his name, I, I apologize, but he was from the Diocese of Duluth, and, and he was talking on the sacred music and really pulled in that, that Gregorian chant and how that's starting to come back. And, mm-hmm. you know, is that supposed to be part of, of, you know, can you have that in the Mass too? Oh, yes. Yes, and yes. Then, and then, but the, it, it is also a form of prayer outside of it, and you can do certain things with it as far as prayers go. Uh, like certain prayers of the church and that kind of thing. Is that right? Oh, that is correct. Sure. I, I like to listen to chant when mm-hmm. I'm driving or at other occasions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, I encourage families to learn chant, especially our Marian antiphons. Like right now we're in the Easter season, the Regina Chaley. That's my favorite, actually, uh, okay. the Marian uh, antiphon called Regina Chaley. And then there's the Salve Regina, uh, which Mary, Queen of Heaven. Uh, there's the Alma Redemptoris Mater. There's, there's so many beautiful chants that mm-hmm. were developed through monastic contemplation or in other ways through artists in our Catholic faith uh, that were part of prayer. So ultimately chant has been a form of a prayer uh, that also praises and offers one's heart and mind to God. And yeah. At the heart of chant is one's interior participation in the words uh, and the understanding that one is praying before God in these beautiful words uh, at times in union with the heart of Mary or the aid of the Holy Spirit. This coming Sunday, we have the beautiful solemnity of the Pentecost, and mm-hmm. there's the, the beautiful Vene Sancte Creator, Vene Come Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, Creator Blessed. So, yeah, chant, chant is at the heart of our our faith. And yeah, I wish we had more good. of a kind of in you know we kind of lose some of that when we get. I don't want to say the the new mass is great. You have you have the the Latin mass. But we, to tie some of that stuff into the new mass is beautiful. I know you tried to do some of that in your in your parish, but I, you know, I do. And you know, I like to see that coming back. What you have yeah, to, and it, and for to come back, it needs to happen slowly because it can be very different for people's ears, right? And very different for people to have the interior rhythm in it. And again, chant as a kind of sacramental, it also calls or even challenges the soul in a sense to to open even more to God mm-hmm. and to what God is wanting and. And there, there are some beautiful English notations that have come that putting English into a form of chant uh, that can help facilitate that. So people sometimes have, uh, for whatever reasons, maybe an aversion to Latin. Uh, but it, 
when there's chant in English, it can be a stepping stone mm-hmm. as a possibility to help people to not have an aversion to right. being in Latin. So they can get be accustomed to the chants and to see that the, the yeah. English is there. And then all of a sudden having some of the, the Latin having the same notation sounding very similar, it, it helps someone to realize that really our language in the church is Latin. So... Yeah. yeah. So there can be a lot of uh, blessedness in that to rediscover that wealth. Right. Uh, I and I've seen you know do some of that things with benediction. I love you know when we have that. That's you know another ben- uh, a great way of tying that into you know when we have the adoration and 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 the holy sacrament of uh, yeah you I mean, know the, praying before the our blessed Lord. So the, the usual chain of O Salutaris when exposition happens mm-hmm. and the prayer, the contemplation of our Lord, the ending, the Tanti Mirigo, uh, these are hymns and melodies that have been around for centuries. They stick in your head. Right. Sometimes I find myself driving, all of a sudden I start humming or singing mm-hmm. and I just, <laughs> it's yeah. a beautiful, uh, beautiful memory or a beautiful rhythm that comes in the mind and heart. And and that's, like you said, that's great to, to have, you know, some people, because we've, we've moved away from the Latin form so for people to kind of come i'm sure there's people around that still remember it and but maybe don't hear it as often as they used to right yeah that, so you know to tie it back and forth so yeah, there is a, a varied experience as far as people's uh experiences with latin some some perhaps in a sense that it's moved away but in another sense there's people read there are people discovering it because exactly. they never they never were introduced to it yep. so they never moved away from it all of a sudden what is this right and this is it, it has an attractiveness a beauty to it uh, so there are some movements that are going on in the church, I think, that are, yeah, that are very great. healthy for, for our young people. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's, be- it's beautiful to have different forms so that everybody can kind of have a, a, a good connection to their faith. I mean, that's important, really. I mean, that's, and that's part of why we had some changes, right? I mean, to begin with. Yeah, the, the, our, our, yeah our Holy Mother of the Church desires us in our prayer and worship to pray inwardly. Right. That's the most important part, is that we have an interior commitment to the, the Holy Spirit. Yep. And the, the act of worship begins on the inside of the soul. That's great. Uh, well, it's great to have you with us, Father. Uh, I'm Michael Goldsmith, and we're going to go into straight talk right now. Father Randall Kazel is with us. Great. So... We're excited to bring you this segment here on Real Presence Live. It's called Straight Talk. And it's your opportunity now to call in and have a question or something that you might want to uh, maybe talk to Father about or you have a, uh, a great desire to learn something more from Father or whatever it might be. We have 877-795-0122 if you have a question. You can also go onto our Facebook page, and you can also write a question there. Uh, like I said, a question or a comment, something that you want to maybe have discussion over. That would be great, too. Um, so, I, I again, am Michael Goldsmith, and I'm with Father Randall Kazel. We're really happy to be here. And we are going to be waiting for somebody to call in at 877-795-0122. You brought up Pentecost, Father. Yes. While we wait here. What a, what a beautiful end to... Uh, the Easter season. Absolutely. When we think of Pentecost, the grace given by the Father, God the Father and God the Son, to found the church. And the church is the mystical body of Jesus on earth. So just as the Holy Spirit, Mary full of grace, said yes to being the mother of God at the Annunciation, hmm. then the Holy Spirit formed the Word made flesh in her womb, 
And so Our Lady, filled with the Holy Spirit, then brought forth Our Lord, Our Savior. So and Our Lord, Our Savior is formed in the world to this very day by the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it was n the Pentecost, the first Pentecost, was not a stagnant act in history. Mm -hmm. uh, that action continues to this very moment, and it continues for every moment till the end of time, establishing, maintaining, giving the Church her life and power. And we, baptized in our faith and living in the state of grace, we're the body of Christ. We're the members of his body. And that's what the church is, mm -hmm. uh, to make the members of Jesus Christ living and acting. So that's the importance of the state of grace. So the state of grace is, is being in friendship uh, with the Holy Spirit, living within the soul. And the mission and grace of the Holy Spirit uh, forms the life of Christ within the soul. Right. And the life of Christ formed within the soul wills to possess the, the will of the one who is the uh, possessor of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So... You know, when I think, you know, you brought up with the Incarnation, right? That's when the Holy Spirit, well, first the, uh, the Gabriel, right? Said, Came to our Blessed Mother. Right, yeah. and, and, and announced that she's going to be full, she's full of grace and we're, the Holy Spirit's going to come to her, right? So the Holy Spirit's always been a part. It's, it's what the Father and Son together from the very beginning of, of creation. We profess that, right? With the Father and the Son, uh, and that Holy Spirit was it was begotten at that time also. So it's always been, or how is that? The Holy Spirit has always been one with the Father and the Son, one God, uh, but a distinct person right. in the the triune persons, the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And uh, the mission of the Holy Spirit given by the Father and the Son is to establish the reign of Jesus and to establish the rule of Jesus. So first by convicting the world of sin and then calling to repentance and conversion and then uh, bestowing the grace uh, of that repentance and conversion through the forgiveness of sins, mm -hmm. which is merited through the shed blood of Jesus. Always the, the blood of Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit go together. For right. it is, is his body, his sacrifice, and the gift of his blood on the cross uh, that merits for us the forgiveness of our sins and really the grace and sanctification of the, that same Holy Spirit that makes it happen within us. Yeah. Well, we have a question from Facebook. Uh, it's anonymous on Facebook. Is, is there... Anywhere in Scripture where it says Jesus' specific birth date, does it have that? I, I'm not aware of that. Like, say, December 25th? No, I'm, I'm not aware of that in I've Scripture. never heard that either. That. It's just where the church kind of set it up, right? I mean, from going from the Annunciation and, and then kind of having the typical birth, you know, length of birth, and then they set this on, on the calendar, basically. I mean, you know, how can you... Really, there was no way to really form that as a, as a specific date without... Right, and what I what I understand about the early church history is that actually the 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 feast that was celebrated even more than Christmas for quite a time was the Epiphany, uh, the presentation of our Lord and the gift the gifts by the the Magi, mm -hmm. uh, and our Lord's birth uh, took on a more significant meaning uh, when there was an emphasis on the humanity of Christ, the need to understand that our God really did take to Himself our flesh. He really has a divine nature that did not change and a human nature that is united to his divine nature. He's true man and true God. Mm -hmm. And the fact of our Lord's birth and that he chose to walk among us so much does he love us. So his birth takes on a special heartfelt meaning in the Roman church and thus we celebrate that day. And it, it may or not be the exact date uh, right. in translation between the, the calendar used by the Jewish people in that time and now our Gregorian uh, way of figuring time. Right. Uh, but it, it's, uh, it's the proximity. It was thought about and contemplated and 
you know, this is deemed to be likely the best possible scenario. Yeah. So. When I was going through lay ministry, you know Father Bob Horahan, right? Sure. Uh, he was one of our instructors, and he was talking on, you know, we were talking about the specific, you know, and getting into that. March 25th is the Annunciation, right? And then we just kind of basically get that, that date on the Gregorian calendar that this is where it would kind of be in there. He says even even really when you go back into Scripture, you know, as far as where Christ was exactly born, the church states, and in, in, we talk about it in the Bible, but historically we can't really place exactly, He, you know, that kind of threw me about, you know, with Bethlehem, but it's called really from David's, the star David, right, and from where, where that came out, and that's kind of fulfilling scripture, so what I'm kind of saying is, with, you know, where did she ha- exactly have birth, but that's why they celebrated Epiphany, because they kind of know when Jesus was uh, in the in the temple, you know, from certain records, or how is that tied in there? Do you know? As, as far as the spot of his birth, yeah, we there is a place in Bethlehem that's honored as the place of his birth. Yep. and I've been there three times now in that that church of the Nativity of Our Lord. And, and by the way, every day they celebrate Christmas there. Yeah, kind of happy thought. So yep. we had there we have Mass. It was in oh, I think it was in November, and we had Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every day is Christmas Mass there. Yeah, uh, but they they believe it's been passed on orally this was the spot where jesus was born and we we really it's it was an oral tradition you know not written down necessarily but we have no reason necessarily to doubt it or to say that it's not because there's the long-standing tradition and at the time someone's oral testimony was viewed uh with great deal of trust Mm -hmm. so certainly the apostles uh knew our blessed mother and our blessed mother certainly knew where the miraculous birth of our lord took place right so and it's been accepted for centuries as right. that being the place. Now, could there be an error in it? It's possible. Uh, but there sure is a long history of it. It's just, yeah, it's all tied around, you know, where they were moving and how they were called, you know. And then, of course, that that is where they were. That's where the, the three kings and all that stuff happened in Bethlehem. So it was all tied to that. I, I don't know either. He's He was just saying that it it's, it's really hard. I don't know how to say that any better i guess but you explained it i mean that the church really does say that this is where jesus christ was born so we have to kind of hold that in the truth to a certain degree right yeah we we accept it you know we're we're not the ones who decide where things have happened we receive and it's always that way regarding faith faith has that quality of being a gift uh where we don't get to be the ones that scrutinize it and, right you know, but we we do receive it and we make a choice to choose to believe it because right. it, it is a gift and, uh, that's what I was kind of. That's where I was kind of leading to, and I probably didn't do a very good job, Father. But I mean, you know, that we have to receive that. I mean, and as far as that question goes, you know, is there a specific date? No, the church has set that up, so it's like that's what we have to. You know, that's that's what the Holy Spirit has formed upon the church. That's what the church has accepted, either through you know beginning in the oral, but now in the written. So. Yeah, and I think the important the importance here, the priority is to celebrate the truth of our Lord's birth. And that, that becomes a priority over and above the day. Right. The, the, the truth of his birth, that he really uh, was born miraculously of the Virgin Mary. Uh, he was uh, the Word incarnate by the power of the Holy Spirit and then brought forth. And through his sacred humanity, we receive and come to know the divine. Right. We find and see God. And that little infant in the womb is the creator of everything. That little infant in the womb knows all the mysteries in the world. He knows everything that's going to happen, and yet here he is. We see a little helpless child in the arms of the Virgin Mary, and yet he is the all-powerful God. What it is. It's Mary's God. It's Mary's 
Savior also. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, the beautiful mystery. Yeah, we're here with Father Randall Cazo. Uh, we need you to call in with your questions or on Facebook. Uh, the number is 877-795-0122. Again, that number is 877-795-0122. This is about, about you and what you have on your heart in, in the listenership. So please give us a call and let us know. We want to hear from you. Uh, we also have our Facebook page. Like I said, that's where this last question came from and some good uh, commentary. Good question. Yeah, good commentary on that, Father. I appreciate that because that kind of clarified. Like I said, that was kind of a, a little discerning point for me, and I wasn't sure where, where that was coming. Uh, again, 877-795-0122. And Father Randall Kaisler here with us. I'm Michael Goldsmith. We're at St. James Coffee, and we're waiting for you to call in. And give us a question so Father can uh, help you out. I know there's some yeah. people out there. We want to hear from you, and oh, sure. we want to we want to help you with uh, any questions that you might have with the faith or with uh, something that you're well, discerning about. Well, but I think there is a, a beautiful opportunity coming up with Pentecost this weekend. Uh, I encourage our faithful to continue to pray to the Holy Spirit in their daily life, mm-hmm. uh, beginning in the morning when one wakes up to ask the Holy Spirit. Uh, in gratitude for graces for that day, to thank God for the gift of the day. Uh, devotion to the Holy Spirit is one of the, the key aspects of growing in friendship with our Lord because the Holy Spirit is the one who makes it happen. So he, he provides the, the life, the grace, or the energy for the mind to contemplate the life of Christ, mm-hmm. to embrace and believe uh, in the divinity of Christ through his humanity. And then also um, uh, what our uh, Lord calls and asks the soul to do. He it is the Holy Spirit and devotion to the Holy Spirit that has that power and strength to animate our own inner souls in need of, yeah. of life. And that wasn't that wasn't what uh, the Holy Spirit's always been a part. So I mean, it was coming. It, you know, when when we get the Holy Spirit, when it came upon the church, it's not like it was just at that moment, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the Holy Spirit's always been alive and always been working, even through the Old Testament. But now it's 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 bringing us into that fullness of those gifts that it's bringing to us. What the Lord asks us about, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, we have another question here. I think uh, Marty from North Iowa. Are you on the phone there, Marty? Yes. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Marty. What's your question? Well, it seems like every time I go somewhere, another church is closed, and and the number of masses available is down so much, and and we have one priest that is trying to work three, four parishes, and I've just kind of wondered how how is it going as far as priest recruitment and or or something to deal with that issue and. Are the foreign countries uh, having the same issue, do you know? I'm just kind of curious. Well, that's a good question, Marty. Uh, I can't claim to be an expert on knowing uh, extensive details on this, but general observations, I know there, there's been a diminishment of vocations in the, mainly what we call the developed Western world. Say Europe uh, has a decline in the number of uh, priests who are in active ministry. Um, there are countries in our country has been a decline in the last several decades. Uh, in other countries, though, there is uh, there are more candidates for the priesthood. Uh, generally speaking, there is a growth in the the, the number of religious uh, in some areas of Africa, uh, in some areas of uh, in Asia. There are more. I think especially there's a number of Vietnamese. Um, and so there, there is hope in, in different areas, and while in other areas there seems to be a kind of dying away, uh, but it, but never will the church stop. So we have to 
uh, find reasons for the basis of our hope. We must continue to look to our Lord, who is the Lord of all, uh, to guide us into the future, whatever the particular circumstances may be. Uh, our Lord has offered victory. Yeah. Well, well I, uh, you know, I, I wish the church all the best. Uh, and uh, I take opportunities to encourage young men that uh, I come across just to say, have you ever thought of that? But uh, That's important. That's a witness. about the long-term future. Uh, yeah, if we and don't get uh, more people called to the ministry. That's very good. And we do need to encourage our young men to consider being priests uh, and to encourage families and parents to encourage that, to be open to that for adults. And it is right to be concerned. It is, it is good. That's a sign of love. Uh, one of the things we want to do is have the love of Jesus in our hearts for his church, uh, that we want the church to, to be, a, in a way, a kind of flourishing. Uh, there is a certain mystery about the time we're going through. Uh, that our Lord has allowed various things uh, to happen within the life of the church. Because remember, he, he is the all-powerful Lord of the church. He is the head. Uh, so we, we want to continue to beseech him uh, to give the inspiration, the graces that we need to have a, a time of growth, a springtime of love for the church and a willingness to offer sacrificial love for the life of the church. Because whenever the church has flourished, there has been sacrificial love that has been willing to suffer for him and to give one's life for him. So that's, that's a, there's the, the, the old saying regarding even, even the aspect of martyrdom. Today's feast, St. Boniface. St. Boniface gave his life for the, the church in Germany. And I uh, like to think maybe the faith has come to me uh, from his preachings. I'm all German in my background. Yeah. And he was the apostle to Germany. And, uh, but he ended up being a martyr in that area. You know, so that there has been sacrifice by others who have brought us to the faith. Yeah. Well, thanks, Marty, for your question. I hope that helps you. you. Yep. We have a. Do we have Gail on the phone here? Gail from Bismarck. Hello. Hi, Gail. How are you? I am absolutely wonderful. I hope you are the same. Yes, we are. Uh, You want to have a question for Father Kiesel? I do, Father. I'm reading a book. And the writer in there said that um, Jesus has Mary's DNA. And I've never thought of that before. But if she was not impregnated by a human being, but rather the Holy Spirit, does our Lord carry our mother's DNA? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, So the basic gist is, yes, our Lord does have human DNA and it did come from our Blessed Mother. Now, uh, notice though, of course, there was not a human father that the Holy Spirit provided then the, the, what is needed for the fullness of that expression of DNA and the humanity of Jesus. Uh, but yes, there, uh, John Paul II wrote about that and I wrote a paper on that I'm thinking of when I was in the seminary of how when we are contemplating the Eucharist and receiving the Eucharist, that there is uh, our Blessed Mother there united with Jesus through the sacred humanity of Jesus because he took his flesh from the Blessed Mother. Hmm. So that's a great question. Oh, it's wonderful. Am- amazing to contemplate that, right? So there, there is a way in which we understand that Our, our Lady, uh, through, through Our Lady, our Lord entered the world. And it, it literally not only spiritual in the sense that she had the act of faith in her mind and heart and in her will, but then uh, she also then in an act of will received the Holy Spirit and the Word was made flesh in her womb. And then she was, she was born of the Virgin Mary and his flesh came from our Blessed Mother. Yeah. 
I mean, we know f- in science today that there has to be a male and a female, right, for for a, for a human life to to be conceived. But God is is capable of everything, so that was already provided, and then mixing with Mary, you know, in that in that whole, she was full of grace and the Holy Spirit bringing that incarnation to flourishing in the womb. I mean, that's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit combined in that. I mean, that's you know, everything is possible through through our Lord, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's where his, so his DNA had to be, basically his, was his uh, made a part of that at that time too? The Holy Spirit? The the DNA of our, you know, the male, how how we understand that. Well, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the, infu- I mean, we don't understand that, but we understand that Mary was human, so she absolutely had DNA, right? Well, certainly, our Blessed Mother did. Uh, that's beyond what I happen to know about That's a that, mystery, so. right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so, I mean, that's beautiful to think about, but that's infused, like you said, Father. That's yeah, great. One, one interesting point on that is that there have been Eucharistic miracles throughout the world, and the Church has periodically allowed modern science to study them. You know, we know uh, our Lord's blood type, AB. They're the same in mm-hmm. the Eucharistic miracles that have been studied, and we know the real heart tissue and real in the Eucharist. So there, it's our Lord it's amazing. truly is the Word made flesh. Truly He is body, blood, soul, and divinity present in the Eucharist. And we have this through our Blessed Mother, yep. that our Lord took to himself our humanity. And that blood was flowing through, this, through his side and through his sacrifice on the cross. And that's what we celebrate in the Eucharist. When that, that's, full, that's truly happening again in that body and blood on the, on the, on the altar. Mm-hmm. So, thanks, Gail. God bless you, Gail. You're welcome. Thanks for the answer. Uh, there's a question from Diane on, uh, sorry, Diane on Facebook. When going on a pilgrimage, can we get an indulgence? Yes, uh, that is possible. And normally at the shrines where you will go to pilgrimage, they, they oftentimes will have that listed that there can be an indulgence to be obtained by making that pilgrimage. And uh, it's under the usual conditions, you know, of confession within 20 days before or after receiving the Holy Eucharist. Uh, and then uh, being in the state of grace and renouncing any attachment to sin. So that is a great question. Mm-hmm. But it's also a wonderful way. Pilgrimage has a long history in the, in the church of being able to uh, uh, petition for graces and for conversion, interior conversion. And I, I love reading the lives of the saints. Many of the saints made uh, wonderful pilgrimages, whether it was maybe to the Holy Land or to Rome or to other places in honor of our Blessed Mother, the saints. Uh, uh, I've been blessed to make many pilgrimages. So, in fact, I'm going with Jeff Cavins in January on, uh, awesome? to the Holy Land again. That'll be great. Yes. And so, uh, one of my favorite pilgrimage sites in this area is to go to Our Lady of Good Help in Green Bay. That's a, a oh, beautiful yes, place. Yes. And uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe and La Crosse, too. Yes, very Quite beautiful. One. And we have one in the Archdiocese, the, the National Shrine of St. Paul. So, that is a pilgrimage place as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one year we had the, the year of St. Paul, and that was a place where uh, one could p- obtain a plenary indulgence every day of that year. And I, I think I stopped in there every day when I drove by. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was, a great, was that when the doors were? Yeah, when the doors were there. Right. Yeah, that was a great time. Well, we still have time for questions if you want to call in, 877-795-0122, or on Facebook like Diane just did. Again, 877-795-0122. I am Michael Goldsmith. I'm here with Father Randall Kazel, with a very blessed to have him here, and we're at St. James Coffee. Would love to have you stop by even and say hi to us if you want to. So we want to hear from you. If you got more questions, call in. Uh, we have about eight minutes left, so get get your call in. Uh, we have one more question, Father, from Facebook. It looks like, uh, what books are you reading right now? Uh, 
That's a very good question. Well, I, the first and more main one that I read, and I encourage uh, everyone to read, is that of Sacred Scripture, and I uh, encourage everyone to check that out. Uh, as far as you know, read from Scripture every day. Uh, another one I'm reading is on heroism and genius. Uh, how Catholic priests help build uh, Western society. And uh, that's by William Slattery. It's an inspiring, uh, particularly sometimes we look around and such as Marty asked just a few moments ago about churches and sometimes churches are closing. Well, you know, the priesthood has been a part of the building up of, of Western culture. And, uh, and it's a, this particular book is inspiring to remind priests, but also all of us, that we need the priesthood. Priests mm-hmm. need priests. I need priests. We all need priests. So we need our young men uh, to think about being a priest. We need to pray for priests uh, so that we can have many more to go out into our Lord's kingdom and establish his kingdom and, and draw people to Christ or to offer the graces of the sacraments and the life of grace through yeah. the priesthood. That uh, is important. Yeah, the priesthood is, is an amazing gift. It's a gift to the church. It's a gift to uh, any ordained priest. We need to pray for priests and pray for more priests. But I, you know, I really, I really follow up with what Marty had to say about that because Prayer is absolutely necessary. That I mean, that is where we're all rooted in. I mean, we are. That's how we connect with God. I mean, that's important. But the evangelization and the work happens through the Holy Spirit, through you. So you encouraging people are talking to them. Uh, it's not just up to other priests to, to form these young men. It is once they've had that call and come, the church will, will form them and teach them. But it is important for people to invite them into that. Uh, people of wherever you're at, we need you to talk to these young men and young men, women, which we're going to talk to uh, somebody at the end of the, the hour here about joining religious life with women. But you need that. You need that invitation, and we need to foster it in families and be supportive of, of those families that are uh, that are trying to foster that in their in their young uh, children. Yes, and one of the qualities about this one little uh, thing there is that our Lord never goes against somebody's free will. So if somebody's called, you know, our, our Lord calls them, but they must decide. Right. It's a free will decision. Love is always free. And so uh, that's where one of the aspects of, of encouraging not only uh, to hear God's call, but also to have the freedom to choose the answer so that, that parents can help to know that two-way street that our Lord works within. And, right. and it's a mystery that our Lord has all of this be way it is, but we know that at least something our Lord came to us through his sacred humanity, and in his humanity he shares the divine nature, and the priesthood is a bit of a, uh, it is a sign of that, that our Lord works through humanity, and he wills to work through certain persons in particular ways to establish his kingdom. Mm-hmm. Well, we really appreciate all of your questions that you, you brought to Father here. Uh, we have a, just a few more moments here, Father. Is there anything that you kind of wrapped up on that or uh, where, where are you thinking about it? I mean we could still have somebody call in and at 877-795-0122 if you have a question as we wait Father is there anything that we yeah I, th- I think uh, this weekend again back to Pentecost it, it's going to provide a lot of graces for the faithful and I think we're at a time in which we, th- we need to think about how can we go out to reach out to people because it seems like we have uh, pressure and it's easy to have a kind of negative thought or negative pattern about what we see or what's going on. Uh, But our ideal, continually, we go back to the source of our life, 
and the source of the meaning of our life, and that's Jesus, and the gift and graces from the Father and the Son of the power of the Holy Spirit. And it needs, it need, we need to allow this to inspire us, to invigorate us, to share our faith, to go out and to give Jesus to others. And that, that's what evangelization is. Mm-hmm. It's sharing Jesus with others. Uh, oftentimes we do throw so, through our actions, but there are also times when it needs to be through our words mm-hmm. that we're ready to talk about Jesus and to give a testimony of why we believe in him, why we follow him. And we find it becomes a, a kind of holy addiction in a way uh, because the more we talk about Jesus, the more we're going to love him and the more we share him, the more we're going to realize that he is the center and, and love of our lives mm-hmm. and the meaning of why we are who we are. Uh, and would we not want to share that? Yeah. Uh, so that that's that. Aren't your hearts on fire yes. as the two walking and from Emmaus, right? So again, <laughs> it's a, it's about our free will. If we can venture out uh, to work through fear or work through and let go of what other people might think, uh, but rather be more concerned about what Jesus thinks. And the more that we profess Jesus out of love for Him and not be afraid to live and be courageous in our own homes, in our families, and we we want to share Jesus with love. We share Jesus with sincerity, mm-hmm. uh, and he does the rest. You know, the outcomes many times we have to allow to be in his hands because we cannot foresee or predict, uh, and, but we'll be blessed with many surprises. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we, we want to do so with prayer and with love. That's so. great. I know we have a little bit more time here. I was really hoping somebody would ask this question because this just came out this week about Pope Francis changing the, the Lord's Prayer. What, you have any thoughts on that and where that's going to, where that fruit, you know, that, that that's going to affect anything and any time frame on that? Or Yeah, I don't have a lot of thoughts on that. I, I know what happened in the uh, Italian Missal, I believe it was. I did mm-hmm. see that. Um, I, I'm not an expert on those translations. I, I don't have any real strong foresight on any effects of that. Uh, as far as I know, our local translations are not changing, nor is the, the Latin changing, okay. so, which is the original uh, language in which the liturgy is. So uh, I, it's a, one of those things where I say, well, let's wait and see. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there could be blessings. There could be problems. Uh, we'll see. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, you know, in the church and, and, and bringing that to fruit, fruitfulness through that. I mean, you know, that that's where it starts, right? I mean, in the discussion. Yeah, it, it can be. Yeah. I, I don't know. Some Not not everything that happens it turns out the way we think, and sometimes it does. It turns out better. I, yeah. I, I'm not so, sure. Yeah. So we, we wait for that. And is that is that a decision that will ultimately come to the U.S. bishops, or is that just the way that yeah. it is that, like you said, it's the Italian missalette that's changed, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. So, yep, we'll have to just wait and see how that all affects. And I just found it uh, interesting that, that that came out. And, you know, again, that's news. And how do you how do you defer through that? You know, the official, uh, this is just stuff that comes out on, you know, regular news. And I think Raymond Arroyo had, had some thoughts on it, too. But, I you know, I, I, don't, I don't recall what he had exactly said. So. Yeah, I, I'm a little sheltered of a life, um, like I... I don't have a lot of cable or a lot of other things. Yeah. I do look at the news sometimes. I yeah. do catch some headlines. Uh, my, my life is pretty full. Yeah, uh, I, but I, I can understand that. But uh, but nonetheless, I know there's a lot of good things going on in the church. There, there is. There's so much that we have a reason to be thankful for. You know, that's one thing that and sometimes we get caught in a lot of things and we forget to thank God. Mm-hmm. And we, we worry about a lot of problems. And just that very simple thing, uh, if we spend as, as a good amount of time thanking God, especially in the beginning of the day and going through our day, mm-hmm. you know, gratitude covers a lot of issues. And, and we, even we can begin to... If we, the real test of gratitude is you can to thank God even for the difficulties that one's experiences in life. Well, then, mm-hmm. you know, you know, a lot of grace is at work then because m- many times we would just soon not have problems or not have struggles. But we see our Lord is our model and example. He, he had so many problems and so many difficulties. And he, even to this day, he takes a good look at humanity and he can see all the problems at once. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, thank God he's God. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to. Yeah, why do we? Don't, don't be, do not be afraid. Do not worry. I mean, we have all that uh, tied into everything. So we should just really be thankful for that. And, and, and really, I mean, yes, we have the church and the magisterium. But, you know, do we, do we as faithful really have to get delved into that all the time? You know, so uh, coming up. We thank you all for all those who called in and wrote with your questions. Uh, this segment is on at 9.30 Central Time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and 30. So we are going to be right back. Stay with us.